What's up, my beautiful friends, and welcome to the Glow Podcast, where we discuss confidence, mindset, manifestation, and so much more. My name is Mariana, and I am here to help you banish your negative thinking and limiting doubts so that you can glow in all aspects of your life. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What's up, beautiful friends? Welcome to another episode of the Glow Podcast. Happy Monday. I'm thinking of all of you. How are you? What are you up to? What are you doing today? How's the situation like in the country you're living in? Um, I really hope that uh, this podcast episodes every Monday and Friday could be a source of happiness for you, a source of positivity in this uncertain time and wherever you are whatever you're doing if you're on your way to school to work or if you're at home if you're cleaning or if you're in the bath or if you're on a walk whatever you're doing then hi and welcome and yeah today's episode will be a very special one to me because I am going to be telling you about the six human needs and this is something that actually changed my life because before this I didn't really know why I was doing the things I do and that's essentially what I'm going to be telling you today like why do we do what we do like there is a reason for what what we do so my hope is as with all of my podcast episodes that this will spark something in you that uh, it will give you some self-reflection and maybe you can see which of these six human needs you apply the most. Maybe after this podcast episode, if you have some time, you can even do some journaling on it and uh, really get to know yourself better because that's really my goal with this podcast is for you to see patterns that you're doing in your life and to be able to break them if they're negative and just live your happiest, most fulfilled life. That is that is my goal with this podcast. Uh, and so that's why I'm talking about topics like these, because these are the things that changed my life. So the six human needs. This is a framework created by Tony Robbins that says that there are six human needs that fundamentally affect the way we make choices. And they are the factors that drive us to do what we do. Each of us prioritize these needs differently and our decisions are based on which needs we put first. These needs can be met in a positive way and also in a negative way. And we might not even realize that we're doing it in a negative way uh, until now. I really hope that this episode will, you know, get you thinking and it will be like an aha moment for you where you'll be like, oh, I do that, but maybe it's actually not that beneficial for me. First, I'm just going to go through all of them. So... The first one is certainty, and that is the assurance that you can avoid pain and gain pleasure. Number two is uncertainty, also called variety, and that's the need for the unknown, the change, like new stimuli. Number three is significance. You want to feel unique, important, special, or needed. Number four is connection or love, and this is a strong feeling of closeness or union with someone or something. Number five is growth, and that's an expansion of capacity, capability, or understanding. And number six is contribution, a sense of service and focus on helping, giving to, and supporting others. The first four needs are necessary for survival and a successful life. However, the last two needs, growth and contribution, are necessary to experience a fulfilled life. And I know some of you may be thinking like, I need water and food and chocolate and clothes and God, <laughs> and you're correct, but all of those fall within the six human needs. The first one I'm going to be talking about is certainty. So what is certainty? It's 
quite, you know, self-explanatory. It's the, desi- the, the desire, sorry, to feel safe, to feel comfortable in your environment, to experience pleasure while avoiding pain. Uh, if we live without certainty, we often live in fear. You know, what is going to happen tomorrow? Where am I going to stay? Da, da, da. You know, we need some amount of certainty in our life uh, to just know what we're doing, to know where we're living. And yeah, just to n- know that we'll have enough food and that we'll have a roof over our heads and to know that we'll have clothes and, you know, the basics basic certain things and obviously all of us uh have a different perception of certainty right so one person might feel certainty from living uh in an apartment in a one-bedroom apartment and having a nine-to-five job and knowing that every day they're gonna go to that nine-to-five job and every month they're gonna get like a minimum wage of something and they just live like that every month every month because they love that kind of certainty however on the other hand someone else might only feel certain if they earn i don't know two million dollars every year uh and if they earn less they don't feel certain You, you, you know what i mean like everyone has this completely different however all of us meet this need on some level maybe for some of us it's more important than for others you can actually if you have a pen and a paper next to you you can write this down certainty and then how you would rate it from one to ten so one being like not important to me at all and ten being super super important to me and honestly certainty for me is like a nine or a ten i am a person who values certainty so much i in the last few months it i have become a bit more spontaneous so I have included a little bit more uncertainty into my life but before that I was like the control freak kind of type of person like not in a weird way but just like I really liked knowing what I'm doing so I would make a schedule (laughs) like I said in my previous podcast I don't know if it was the first one or the second one but I would literally make a plan like wake up at 6, brush your teeth at 6.02, I don't know, meditate 6.15, leave the house at 7. And like literally I would just, I just loved certainty and whatever was like out of my schedule would throw me off so much. I'm so happy that in the last few months, you know, I became a little bit more flexible, actually a lot more flexible and you know, I don't have to stick to such a strict schedule anymore. But still, certainty is really important to me. And I really feel that I just get thrown off. Like now we have been traveling for so long and we really didn't have a base. And for a while, we didn't even know where we're going or if it's going to work out or if this and that. And there's just so much uncertainty. And I really felt it in my well-being. I just felt like anxious almost most of the time like I just didn't feel safe like the core of me didn't feel safe you know I really just to feel completely relaxed and to feel completely like in harmony you could say I need a house or an apartment or whatever just like on one space for (laughs) for a while and just to be able to you know connect with that space and yeah I just I just really like certainty I I, I'm certain in almost like everything I do, you know, I go to the same gym, I do, and now I'm starting to branch out, but I used to do like the same exercises. Uh, if we go out with Axel, it's actually funny because both of us have certainty really high. And so if we go out for date night, we literally go to the same restaurant, we order the same food. And yeah, so 
that's certainty. Like that is a high level of certainty for you. And this is like meeting it in a positive way. You know, like I said at the beginning, we can meet all of those needs in a positive way, but also in a negative way. So positive positive ways could be you know having a roof over your head being certain that you have somewhere to sleep uh having enough food knowing that you won't go hungry uh having a job that's secure you know like i said a nine to five job that gives you security having a husband or a wife uh that gives you marriage security you know all of those things i think you get the idea like all of those things make us feel certainty however on the other hand A negative way you can meet this uh, sort of feeling of certainty is, for example, and this goes, uh, like, this resonates with me a lot. For example, with food. When I had an eating disorder when I was 15 and 16, I met this need of certainty a lot by restricting what I ate. Like, I felt like my life was completely out of control. Like, I had no say in what's going on in my life. And so a way, a really negative, negative, let me stress that, that was a really negative way of meeting this um, need of certainty, was by restricting my food. Because I was certain that I had control of what I was doing, like, putting into my body essentially nothing but I felt certainty in knowing that I am the one in control of that if you know what I mean but that was a really negative way and it really negatively impacted my health and then a few years later I went into the complete opposite of you know a binge eating disorder where I like I obsessively would eat so much and then I would feel like really bad about it but I would like overeat at times and it was like this crazy feeling like if you experience binge eating disorder then you will know that in the state of when you're binging like it's like an animal like you don't you don't really it's not really you in the present moment and and it's just all of the blood rushing to the stomach, you breathe deeply, you breathe harder, you feel more alive. Uh, and that's sort of what gave me certainty because on some like weird level, it felt like someone was giving me like an inner hug. Like when I f- had a full belly, like a really full stomach, I felt certainty in just like, I don't even know how to describe it. I think you can imagine it just certainty and like, yeah, a weird inner comforting feeling but of course that is not a healthy positive way to meet this need of certainty you know what I mean another way of meeting certainty is for example when you try to control others like I don't know controlling your boyfriend or girlfriend because you fear that they will abandon you or uh, you know, like you try to control your environment to meet this need of certainty and I definitely had that in the past like I felt like I everything needed to be perfect and everyone had to do everything the way I did it. Like, I really used to be a control freak. I'm so happy that I released that, that I, I saw it and I let go of that. And now, you know, I'm I'm a lot more like, you know, you can just do whatever you need to do. And <laughs> even if it triggers me, I don't project that onto others because it just was so annoying to others and I see it now so if you're trying to control your surroundings because you really just are feeling uncertain in yourself and you want that certainty from others then that is a negative way of meeting this need because it affects others and it really (laughs) messes up their day and I I see that now and yeah it's it's like just manipulating others is 
not not the way <laughs> to meet this need. Also, for example, uh, alcoholism, you know, that gives you certainty. It's a guaranteed way that you're going to relax, that you're going to ease yourself in social situations, but it is not the way to go. So I think I gave you enough examples. I really think that if you're someone who values certainty on a high level, then you can ask yourself these questions while you journal. So how do you obtain certainty? When do you feel uncertain, unsafe, unstable, or ungrounded? What do you do with your focus to feel more certainty? Do you have an empowering belief? For example, a religion you turn to? Do you focus on something in your past or on hope for the future? Do you find yourself using the same negative or positive language patterns? And how can you better fulfill your need for certainty moving forward? So those are some journaling questions you can think about. And yeah, let's go right ahead into the complete opposite. And that is uncertainty or variety. So we all love a variety to some degree, some more, some less. <laughs> Me, for example, this, if I would rate it from one to 10, is probably like a two. I really don't need a lot of uncertainty in my life. I, like I said, I really like certainty. I really like to know what I'm doing. You know, I, I just, yeah, I, I could live like now we moved into our new house and I know that we'll stay here for, for a long time. And that just gives me so much uncertainty and I don't really need to move anywhere else. I just, I'm happy to be here. So for me, variety is not so high. However, a good dose of variety is really healthy and the excitement that it comes with is actually necessary for us to feel alive, you know, to feel like we're doing something. So um, for everyone, this could be different. So for some person, uh, variety could only be like watching a new TV show, like watching something that you haven't watched before or watching a new movie or going to a new restaurant or trying a new dish at the restaurant you go to or wearing blue socks instead of your usual black socks you know like something really little however for someone uncertainty might be like crazy things like adrenaline things like jumping off of buildings or you know I don't know what else is crazy like swimming with sharks and things like things like that you know or gambling you know like so much uncertainty so everyone meets this completely differently and again you can meet it in positive ways you can meet it in negative ways uh, some positive ways are, like I said, you know, trying a new sport, going on a trip to a country you haven't been to, uh, going to the movies and seeing a new movie, like anything that makes you feel a little bit uncertain, but it's not going to impact your health or the health and well-being of others. So yeah, like we know that we know about the six human needs with Axel, we Make sure that we have uncertainty in our lives. And honestly, we had like way too much uncertainty in the past few months. So I think we're good for ne for the next like few months uh, with all of the traveling and not knowing where we'll be. On the other hand, a negative way to meet this uncertainty is, for example, drug abuse. Because if you feel like you need drugs or if you really need to feel drunk or just abuse you know substances uh, to give you like this feeling of uncertainty then that's a really negative way of meeting this need um, I never really struggled with that so I 
can't give you personal examples of it but I've been around people who really struggled with you know feeling bored in their life and wanting to spice up their life by abusing substances and I can tell you that that's really not the way to go just seeing where it took them uh, and like I said I can't give personal examples on this because I never I was never into that or into alcohol but yeah that's an example of a negative way to meet this need another negative way is for example if you pick a fight with someone you know if if everything's completely chilled and you just have the need to start fighting or arguing with someone because on a certain on a certain level it gives you like a feeling of uncertainty like oh what will happen now like will we fight for a long time or will we will this be a fist fight like you never know you know it gives you uncertainty also Uh, like I said before, emotional eating also gives you uncertainty on um on some level. Also, sexual, like deviant sexual behavior, if you're really seeking a lot of sexual partners, that also gives you uncertainty. And yeah, all of those things are negative ways to meet uncertainty. And I'm going to tell you some journaling prompts again. Uh, you can rate this from 1 to 10, how important this is for you to feel some certain, some level of uncertainty and you can journal on these questions. So how do you meet your need for variety? What do you do with your physiology, focus and language during your variety versus times when you experience boredom? What are the differences in your feelings and behavior between the two? Do you have problems, hesitations, or fears that give you emotional uncertainty and prevent you from trying new things? Next one is significance, because who doesn't like to feel special, significance, or important to another person or a group of people? We all want to feel important, and that doesn't make us prideful or needy or narcissistic. We just want to feel important, needed, and wanted in life, and that's completely normal and natural. We have this need from when we're babies, you know, babies and children want to feel like they're the number one person in the parents' lives, and Uh, I know this from experience that the children want to compete with their siblings, you know, for attention, uh, having sibling rivalry. We definitely had that when I was growing up with my brother and sister. We just, just, you just want to be the number one person for the parent. And that's completely, completely natural. I know a lot of people struggle with insignificance. And, you know, when we, often when we struggle with something, we want to blame it on someone else so you know feeling like oh I feel insignificant because it's my parents fault because of the way they raised me they didn't give me enough attention or it's my siblings fault because my sibling was always just overshining me or uh, I feel insignificant because a teacher in middle school told me that I'm not good at something or a bully in school told me that I suck or you know like we always have a tendency to like put the blame on other people like oh I'm feeling like this because of what happened to me in the past and really where's the power in that you know like like girl or boy like take your power back and uh yeah just where's the dignity in that statement you know and it doesn't really matter who did it to you or why it happened it really matters what you do with it and how you grow from it and um yeah how you change how you change those beliefs and how you meet this need of significance so for example a positive way of meeting significance is um, providing for your family uh, meaningful work for example if you're a 
carer or volunteer, if you're contributing to humanity in any way, uh, if you're successful or you're trying to be the best you can at something, if you're an athlete or even if you're in business or entertainment, uh, if like entertainment, for example, I have significance really high. I always have. I would rate from one to ten. I would rate significance probably like an eight or a nine. Ever since I was little, I always wanted to be seen. Maybe this is, has something to do with me being the middle child. I just feel like everyone I met who is a middle child just has this feeling of wanting to do something big. I often felt when I was little, I often felt not seen, you know, because most of the attention went to either my older brother, who was just, you know, the oldest. And sorry about the animals in the back, by the way. We just moved to our new house and it's kind of, there's a jungle behind me, so... If you hear this weird sound, then I'm sorry. <laughs> but like I was saying, the attention would either go to my older brother, who was just the oldest and f the first at doing everything. So everything big, you know, he was doing first. Uh, so the attention would go to him or to my younger sister, who was the baby of the family, you know, and she just needed so much attention. And so, like, I'm not saying this in a way of, like, feeling bad for myself or anything like I'm just telling you how it was and as a middle child you know often it was like uh, like uh, overlooked so I just had the feeling that I need to just do extremely amazing things just to be seen you know so ever since I was little like I was uh, I was in gymnastics and I always just wanted to shine and I, uh, ever since I was little I wanted to be just in the public's eye and just wanted to act and be in theater and be on stage and just do all of those things so significance has always been really high for me I always wanted to achieve something big and just you know to to be really seen and um, I always thought that there was something bad you know I felt like as society tries to tell you that if you want to feel seen or significant it's something bad and narcissistic and you're needy and don't do this and don't do that but only this year I realized that you know <laughs> screw that like sorry but no like I like I was living my life literally based on the fear of judgment from others and what they're gonna say and if I'm pleasing them and you know what this year I said screw that because you could be the juiciest peach in this world but the thing is that not everyone likes peaches so <laughs> that's just like a quote I really like that you know you could be the most beautiful the most intelligent the most successful person in the world yet some people will still find ways to judge you so you know what like don't live your life based on other people's perception of what you should be doing in your life just just forget about it and really that was so freeing when I realized this so like I said I I always really wanted to be seen but I would like push it back because I felt like it was too narcissistic like people would think I'm too narcissistic or too needy and yeah just if if that's you as well and you've always dreamt of doing something big in this world and you, the only thing that's holding you back is the fear that people will say that you know like things like who do he, who does he think he is like who why does he want to do these big things like just forget about them you know like people are always gonna hate so <laughs> just do your thing I'm here for you you can we, you can message me on Instagram and I'm gonna be your biggest supporter because I really believe that you know you should go for what you you want to do and don't let the fear of judgment stop you 
<laughs> that was a long talk for the positive way to meet this need.、Um, so I'm just going to tell you about the negative ways of meeting the need of significance. And I think the biggest one is, for example, gang violence. You know, like you could, you how how would I say this? You could be just like a normal person walking on a street, but then. If you pull out a gun to someone's head, you know who's the significant one between the two. Like, obviously, the one with the gun. So that is a really, really negative way of meeting the need of significance. But that's why gang violence happens. You know, people often in those gangs feel insignificant, and something happened in their past, in their childhood, that made them feel unseen, unwanted, insignificant, and they just take this out. By being violent, by you know, yeah, just fighting with people and being mean to others, because that makes them the significant one in the situation, and they get like a thrill from that, you know, like finally I'm seen, even though it's in a negative way. They might not realize that it's so negative, you know,、um, but it, it's a really negative way of meeting that need.、Uh, another example is. If you're really narcissistic and、um, pride overall sometimes sometimes sets in when a person's self-esteem is really so low, they force themselves to believe that they are greater than they really are at something to feel important. So, if you know someone who's like really like over the top, like I'm the best at this, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at this, and they don't really see their flaws or aren't able to reflect on their flaws and are just want to outshine everyone, then they're just meeting their need of significance, but from a really bad place, you know, from a really low place. So. If you see someone like this, then don't judge them. You know, just have compassion with them because they're coming from a place where their self-esteem is actually so low, and they just really want that significance.、Uh, yeah. So, how would you rate this need from one to ten? Like I said, it's a nine for me, and、uh, that's why I act. That's why I was a model. That's why I do the work I do. And yeah, that's just so, that just what makes me f- feel fulfilled. But for I don't know, I know so many people who have significance like a two. You know, they really don't want to be seen. They're really good as they are. They just they're good with you know doing the sort of behind the scenes work and not being the one who gets seen. And that's completely fine.、Uh, if that's you, then. That's fine. Just it's nice to be aware of it, you know. So for journaling, here are some questions: What do you do to feel significant? How do you make others feel significant? Do you experience significance on a regular basis? If you're married, do you feel that you are the most significant person in the world to your spouse? Do you make your spouse feel like the most important person in the world to you? And if you are a parent, are you most important to your child or children? Do they feel most important to you? Those are some questions that I wrote down to,、um, yeah, to just explore this need of significance. On to the next one. It is love and connection, and everyone in this world needs to feel connection with someone or something. We all hope and strive for love to give and to receive. The need for love and connection begins at the start of life. You know, we as children, we just want love and touch. 
and we want that connection with the parent and this just continues throughout life and however loved we were or we weren't when we were little that just is reflected on our adulthood relationships with our friends with our partners and yeah that's a really interesting one to look at because just looking at our p- patterns of love uh, at how we choose love who we attract into our lives and just seeing how the patterns are from our past you know like <laughs> why is it that and this is such a common example you know like why is it that a woman I'm I'm just saying I'm just giving like a general example yeah why is it that a woman keeps attracting the same type of guy you know either the guy that cheats on her or the guy that's emotionally unavailable or the guy that uh is violent to her or abusive to her and you know she breaks up with this guy and then three months later she finds this new guy and they're so in love but then the same thing happens and it just keeps happening and this woman is like why does this keep happening to me and it's because of you know the the patterns the conditioning that we go through when we're little and oftentimes when you look at your childhood and you think of who of, of your parents or your caregivers and you think of like who did i want to receive love from the most and and you start really exploring how how that love looked like when you were little then oftentimes you'll really see the patterns of what's happening in your adulthood life now um it's yeah it's really crazy that we choose our partners based on what we saw when we were little because that's what's normal to us you know and it's crazy because you could be in a room with like 300 people and you will literally if you talk to all of them you will pick the one like that will be abusive to you until unless you change that belief because it's just like you attract them so strongly you know like even from so many people you you will just keep choosing that one until you realize that pattern and you say uh-huh that's a pattern for me i keep attracting these emotionally unavailable partners hmm where is this coming from like okay when in my life did i also feel like not heard in a relationship hmm oh my dad didn't really wasn't really around when i was little i always wanted his love but he really wasn't ever there and you know and you just start exploring it and that's the beauty of self reflection you know once you realize where it's coming from then you're like aha and then you have so much more compassion with yourself because you you understand why you do what you do because it all ultimately comes from our childhood and what we learned uh when we were children so all of this therapy and self reflection work really allows you to live a more free life because you just understand more where you're coming from <laughs> again that was a really long introduction to this uh need of love and connection uh, another positive uh, like positive ways of meeting this is obviously loving connection from your family or close friends through like quality time really like talking or playing a game together or cooking a meal like quality time uh you can meet your love uh, your need for loving connection from performing good things from volunteering from just being kind to others from receiving kindness uh maybe through words of affirmation if you know 
you know, someone tells you like, I love you, I love you, you're so important to me, like that can make you feel loved. Um, yeah, just any of the five love languages, which I will talk about in another ep- episode of this podcast, you know, words of affirmations, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch, anything like this can make you feel loved. However, of course, there are also negative ways of meeting this need. And that is, for example, um, let's say if, oh, I'm going to give you an example. So I wasn't sure if I was going to share this um, because it's like quite a sensitive topic or I don't know, I always, I only just realized it a few months ago that I was doing this. But uh, a negative way to meet this need is like talking about your illness or feeling sick a lot because it creates connection with others and empathy from others and suddenly you have attention. Uh, and so just an example from my life, when I was little, my when I was around five to six years old, like really quite little, my little sister who was two, one or two, I'm not sure at the time, but she was really sick. She had epilepsy and um, my mom and just my family spent a lot of the time with her in the hospital and you know like I said before I felt like I didn't get enough attention and I felt like as a you know as a kid as a five-year-old you don't really make rational decisions you know and that's that's the thing until I think about like the age of eight you don't really just understand the world in a rational way you just think completely differently and I thought oh like literally this is what I thought as a five-year-old oh I'm not lovable because I'm healthy. And this is just, this was so strong in me that it it literally created a program in me that in order to get attention, I have to get sick. And that's why I was so sick when I was little, like, like so often sick when I was little. Because every time I was sick, I was just, I it was honestly just a cry for help. And I just wanted like my mom's attention or my grandma's attention, you know, and every time I got sick, I could just be at home with my grandma and she would make me amazing food and I would get like my dose of attention, you know, because they had to take care of me and that was a really negative way of meeting this need and I didn't, I didn't consciously do it because when you're little, you don't, I didn't consciously make this decision, you know, that's the thing, like as a five-year-old, I didn't go, okay, if I'm sick, then I will get attention. Like, no, I didn't rationally, consciously think this. I just subconsciously made this program within myself that actually continued throughout my adulthood. And I only just realized it this year uh, because I, like, whenever I felt, like, not seen, I would start to feel sick. And it would literally, my body would physically manifest, like, a fever or feeling actually sick you know but it was actually me just wanting a hug or wanting some quality time from I don't know Axel my partner or just to call my mom or you know like it was but it's it was so crazy for me to see and actually Axel helped me to see and he he was like you know did you ever think that maybe you get some sort of pleasure from being sick and at first I was like what what do you mean get pleasure from being sick like I feel awful and I really did feel awful like I really had that fever like physically I had the symptoms of having a flu or something but it wasn't it was just all all from this feeling of like from my program that I had to get sick to get attention and it was just I just wanted to share that with you now because 
I don't know if you can relate to that at all or if you know of someone who can relate to that. But I honestly, now looking back, I know of many people, you know, like I think we all know of a person who just gets sick all the time. And it's like just thinking like, oh my God, like do you have just a really low immunity or why is this happening? But if you know of this person, maybe you can talk to them and see, you know, what is this really showing from their emotional self if you know what I mean that was just a crazy realization I had and you know what ever since I had this realization I have not felt sick how crazy is that like and it's been a few months I don't even know how long but yeah I just I have felt incredible and because now my new mantra is I am loved for being healthy Everyone loves me for being healthy and I don't need that sort of, I don't need to meet this need of love through being sick because I don't need that attention for being sick. I would rather have the attention for being really vibrant and positive and healthy. You know what I mean? So that was just an example of my own life. Another negative example of meeting this need uh, for love could be dominating and controlling others who are then forced to show appreciation to you because you make them. <laughs> That's just manipulating them and yeah, making them tell you nice things and making them like, for example, like a boss in a job who like makes you work till 11 p.m. and be there with them. You know, they, they just really long for love and connection and they just do it in this really negative way or mm, for example oh children that show really bad behavior or really rebel against the parents they just seek attention from really busy or neglect neglectful parents and yeah those are examples of negative ways uh, so let me know how you would rate this from one to ten how important is love and connection to you and for journaling, here are some questions. What do you do to feel love and connection? Is it by giving, receiving, or both? What do you do to receive love and connection from others? How do you give love and connection to others? Do you experience love on a regular basis? Or do you hold back because of fear? And how can you improve your fulfillment of love and connection in healthy ways moving forward? So that was love and and connection now moving on to the spiritual needs and we're starting with growth uh, and that I think is self-explanatory you know to feel a fulfilled life we need to be moving forward we are not trees <laughs> to stay in one place we just constantly have to grow and when you meet one goal you know you just think of a lot of new goals and you just keep moving forward you know and that's just a natural way. We as humans, we always want to just be getting better and moving forward. Nobody wants to feel stuck or feel like they're in one place or even that they're going backward. So what are some positive ways of meeting the need for growth? For example, studying, going to school, but studying something that you're interested in and learning more about something, reading, listening to podcasts like you are today, listening to this episode, learning more about yourself. You know, that is a big, big step in growth. You are going forward because you're realizing your old patterns, your negative patterns, and you are able to break them and, you know, move forward. That is, that is a great way. Listening to podcasts, just doing your research, also, I don't know, learning a new hobby, learning a new sport, uh, learning a new musical instrument, all of these things are just making you learn, making you grow, making you evolve as a person. Uh, however, a negative way 
is of meeting growth oh that's a tough one for example uh, giving into bad habits uh, for example watching too much tv uh, you know just like feeling like you need to just lay on the couch and watch too much tv uh, even though you think that you're like unless it's like documentaries or something you can learn from then really watching too much tv is we can all agree that that's not beneficial for us i mean it's needed sometimes i'm not gonna lie sometimes i just need like a nice sunday where just the whole morning i just watch my favorite show you know and that's completely fine i don't mean that at all i just mean like uh just too much stimulation from like electronics you know that is needing the need meeting the need in a negative way so let me know from one to ten how important is growth to you for me it's really high i feel like probably like an eight or a nine i really just every day i want i want to be getting better i want to be getting better at whatever i do whether it's like my spiritual growth you know just listening to podcasts everywhere i go i listen to podcasts if i'm walking somewhere if i'm riding my scooter somewhere if even when i'm working out at the gym when i'm doing yoga i'm just constantly listening to podcasts and just educating myself so that i could be better and better so that's really high for me let me know how high that is for you and here are some journaling questions how do you experience growth when you want to grow what do you do with your focus how do you plan to fulfill your need for growth in healthy ways from this point forward so you can journal on this a bit later and now the last one probably like one of my favorite ones of all of them and that is contribution and contribution is essentially the act of looking beyond yourself like going beyond your own needs and giving to others with no hope or with no expectation of getting anything for yourself it's uh it's contributing to other people a cause or to a movement and it's just you wanting to make a difference in someone's life and I think it's so so beautiful when we just have this need of making you know this might sound cliche but of making the world a better place of just making someone's life better and I think there's really no no nothing that's more beautiful than than doing this and you know positive examples quite obvious like doing volunteer work just doing service like a service-based career you know if you're a teacher if you're a police officer if you're a coach if you're a doctor if you're a um, priest if you're you know like anything that's just doing something good for others is a great example just uh, or donating to charity or if you're an author then writing a book that can you know help someone if you're an author and you write uh, poems for example that's going to make someone really feel love from your poems or if you write a memoir about your life that could impact someone else's life you know things like this or fostering children giving to yeah like i said giving to charity just all of those things that make you feel like you contribute to the society and honestly it doesn't even have to be big things like this like honestly through this podcast through recording like i'm doing this for you like everything i do on my social medias i'm just i try to serve you as my audience and i try to that's why i ask so often like what do you want to see on here what do you want me to talk about because i want to serve you this is my way of contributing to your life to try to help you 
live your happiest and most fulfilled life you know so that is my way of contributing and it can be anything it really if if you if you just really care for your family and you really contribute to their life and their well-being and if you cook amazing food for them and if you play with your kids you know that is just a perfect way to meet this need of contribution however there are obviously also negative ways to meet this need for contribution that is for for example gossiping i really hate gossiping uh and you're contributing to something but not just something positive this is really negative and just so many people gossip and like what do you what do you get from gossiping you know like you just make the other piece, person feel bad and if you feel the need to judge someone else then where are you coming from you know and like why do you feel the need to to do that another way is just ganging up on others and bullying uh being condescending like if you feel like you're better than everyone and feel like you need to let others know that they're below you that's also not a nice way and yeah just negatively impacting impacting others so let me know how high or low is contribution for you on the scale of one to ten for me it's like a ten i really want to do even more i really see myself as in the future doing a lot a lot more volunteer work i want to have my own foundation that helps others uh, we're actually just thinking of it now to start it already now because we're already doing some um, volunteer work with children here in in indonesia providing education providing food for children in need that is something that was always really resonating with me children and just their well-being i just really like want to focus on children but for example if you really love animals and you want to help animals then that is also a perfect way to contribute to this world so yeah let me know on a scale of one to ten how high is contribution for you and here are some journaling questions how do you contribute and why is it important to you to contribute in the ways you do what drives your desire to contribute the way you do have you ever contributed in negative ways and how and what did you learn from it so that was all of the six human needs uh we all need We all meet these needs uh, to some level. We either meet them in a positive way or a negative way. And actually, when you have a belief or a behavior that simultaneous—that's si- a hard word—simultaneously fulfills three of the human needs, you actually become addicted to it. For example, if you're in a healthy romantic relationship or marriage, that not only fulfills your love and connection to your partner and also fulfills your significance as you feel important to your partner uh the variety because you can do fun things together you know you can go on trips you can watch movies da 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 growth because you grow together you learn more about each other uh and yeah you just go forward certainty because you know that your partner will be there for you and contribution because you contribute to them and their life their well-being their career their happiness their spiritual life so that's just an example of like the whole package you know you get everything uh in one you get you just meet all of your needs in a positive way through one source so that was all for today's episode on the six human needs i really hope that this brought you value that you can learn from this and you know like i like i say a lot on instagram 
I'm here to inspire you. I'm here to motivate you. But essentially, inspiration without action is nothing. So if if you feel really inspired now, that's great. But really, what makes the difference is if you act on it. And if you really look at the patterns and behaviors that you have and really change them. Because you could listen to my podcast here. You can listen to everything I say every day. Uh, but if you're only listening and not actually doing the self-reflection then nothing is going to change for you if you know what I mean so I highly encourage you to really do the journal journaling when you have time to really see like what am I doing like why do I do what I do and really go through all of the six human needs and determine that for yourself uh yeah so you can live the happiest and most fulfilled life thank you so so much for tuning in today i had a lot of fun talking about the six human needs and sharing my personal experiences my examples with you guys uh let me know you can message me on instagram what you'd like me to talk about in the next podcast i'm always open to suggestions and if you like this episode then please rate it let me know if you liked it and share it with a friend who you think might benefit from this thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and i'll see you or hear you <laughs> next time bye guys Thank you for listening to the Glow podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please don't forget to leave a review and share it with a friend that you think might benefit from listening to this episode. Have a beautiful, beautiful day and I'll see you in the next episode.